With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Instant Analysis on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, back with you following the Alabama Crimson Tide's 17-3 win over South Florida at Raymond James Stadium on Saturday afternoon down in Tampa. A little bit of everything to get into after this one. Obviously, quarterback talk going to continue to dominate storylines involving this Alabama team as it now moves into SEC play, especially after the decision was made to start Tyler Buckner against USF, and then move on from Buckner in the second quarter to Ty Simpson. Simpson engineers a couple of touchdown drives in the second half as the Crimson Tide outscores USF 14 to nothing after the break and also after a weather delay there early in the second quarter. That was about the only prediction I think I got right on my five predictions on Friday at BOL was that there would be a weather delay. I mean, you can almost set your watch by them this time of year in the state of Florida, especially, but uh, the quarterback situation, a lot to get into there. And you also had some key absences elsewhere on this Alabama football team. Tyler Booker at the guard position, not able to go due to back spasms. Jaheim Otis on that defensive line for Alabama, a scratch in a boot, not able to go as well. Maybe you get him back for Ole Miss this week. Could be a couple weeks before we see big number 91 back out there. And then Kendrick Law, a key member not only in that wide receiver rotation, but also on special teams as well. He was out sick on Saturday. So it wasn't just the quarterback position where you had some different faces in play. With Booker out, it was Terrence Ferguson at the left guard position. With Kendrick Law out, as Nick Saban noted post-game, you had to make some changes to your special teams units, especially in the way of maybe coverage and trying to down some of those James Burnup punts. And by the way, James Burnup, J.K. Scott-like, I'm going to go ahead and say it. That game kind of felt like Arkansas 2014, didn't it? When J.K. Scott was essentially Alabama's MVP in a 14-13 to win as the Crimson Tide slugged past the Hogs in that one. Um, So you did have to deal with some things at some different spots on both sides of the football, not just with the number one position in everyone's mind. And so we'll get into that as we move along as well. First, credit where credit is due. Roy Dell Williams, simply outstanding. And give the offensive line some credit too. And understand, I'm not going to try to make USF anything that it isn't. You know, this isn't USF from 20 years ago. You know, this isn't B.J. Daniels quarterbacking. USF. This is not a very good South Florida team. And I think that's obviously fueling the frustration for Alabama fans, even after a 14 point win. Um, and so I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, and, and say, oh, it, everything's fixed. It's not. I, I don't really know what to tell you about the quarterback situation at this point, other than I still feel like all too often these quarterbacks who their skill sets, to me anyway, align more with zone read and incorporating them into the design run game. 
are being used in a way that's more uh, in, in line with drop back passing. It's not sustainable against quality competition. I don't think it is. You know, maybe they'll develop. Maybe Alabama will stick with one guy and, and develop. And that player, maybe it's Ty Simpson. He comes along here in the next few weeks and, uh, and becomes that kind of quarterback. It just doesn't seem like a good fit right now for what Alabama's trying to do. What we did see in the second half, though, was more tight ends, more running backs, especially on that first touchdown drive there in the second half where you know, Ty Simpson, to his credit, with a really nice ball to C.J. Dupree to spark that. Then you get Roydell going. Huge second half for Roydell Williams. 12 carries, 124 yards. I think he had five for five at the half. And not a bad day for Jace McClellan either. I mean, between the two Alabama running backs, you are talking about 203 rushing yards in the game. And Roydell, especially, especially effective after the break. So there are some positives if you're talking about identifying uh, an identity for this offense. I, I think they took a step, perhaps, in that regard. Again, we're going to learn a lot more in the next few weeks with Ole Miss coming up, Mississippi State, although Mississippi State had a rough one against LSU earlier on Saturday uh, but offensively, very much still a work in progress. Perhaps Alabama found some things there in the second half. Again, playing without one of your anticipated starters and Tyler Booker. I thought Terrence Ferguson was okay. You know, that becomes a tough situation when you put Terrence Ferguson as a, as a first-time starter next to a true freshman at left tackle. You know, the things we had heard about, well, we want Booker on the left side to kind of allow him to help Caden Proctor. Well, those went by the boards in this one as you still had Darian Dahlcourt alongside J.C. Latham on the other side. I'll say this, shotgun snaps were better, weren't they? Seemed like it was tougher conditions for Seth McLaughlin, but perhaps he got some things figured out. I think there were still one or two that were a little hot, you know, maybe a little bit off, but relative in comparison to what we had seen in the first two weeks of the season, I thought there was improvement there. Uh, and again, just a big boy approach to the run game late in the game. Six and a half minutes left. Nick Saban goes to his offensive line and says, I'm going to put it on you guys. Finish the game. And Alabama was able to do that. Now, you had some penalty issues. It wasn't so much quantity as it was when you got them. You know, you lose a 100-yard kickoff return to a hold on Jeremiah Alexander there in the first half. I thought the hold on Caden Proctor, though, in the fourth quarter was bogus. Now, they said it was on Caden Proctor. Maybe it was on someone else. I'm going to go back and watch it again here in a little bit for, for second watch on Sunday uh, on YouTube there, our BOL home for YouTube. And I, I'm going to check it out. Maybe they got the number wrong because watching it back right after the play, it didn't appear as if Caden Proctor held anybody. Now, Caden Proctor still has his issues. And I think if you're going to go with formations that ask him to pass protect one-on-one -on -one, uh, against some guys like he's seen so far this season, it's going to be problematic. Now, Caden Proctor is a true freshman. Caden Proctor is a massive individual. I think Caden Proctor in this upcoming offseason is going to have to make some changes to allow himself to be able to deal with the bend and the speed that he's seen. If you're going to leave him there, in one-on-one -on -one situations, 
that's going to probably have to happen. I think he probably knows that at this point as well. I mean, all this size with this Alabama offensive line is great as long as you're running the ball effectively. If you're not running the ball effectively and you're in third and long a lot and you're in obvious passing situations, that's when size cannot work to your advantage. It can work to your detriment because now you are dealing with twitchy, explosive pass rushers that are able to take advantage of some situations when they get those one-on-ones. I thought defensively, Alabama did what it needed to do against an offense, as we told you throughout the week. Gave up a ton of tackles for loss and six sacks to Florida A&M last week. So you certainly anticipated a hike in the TFLs and sacks for Alabama compared to a week ago when it was spared to none against the Texas Longhorns in Tuscaloosa. So uh, you got some good things out of Dallas Turner. Uh, I thought Malachi Moore played to the standard that you expect, not only for his position at Alabama, but just down in and down out. That kind of guy that you can count on. I thought Malachi Moore gave you that as well. Deontay Lawson did some good things. And I thought Chris Braswell too. Chris Braswell, you know, I don't know if it showed up in the in the stat box as much as say like Dallas Turner, but he did some really good things. Some things that help get stops in some situations like fourth down when Alabama gets the stop. And I thought uh, Chris Braswell and Malachi Moore were big in that situation. And by the way, Chris Braswell did have three tackles for loss, a sack, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hurry. But Dallas with a big play in the first half for sure with the strip sack uh, that helped at least get Alabama on the scoreboard with the field goal by Will Reichard. Deontay Lawson, once again, with a big game as far as tackles. He has 10 in the game, one and a half for loss. And then you also had some mental lapses on the defensive side of the ball, like and it's a fourth and medium. And you know in that situation, USF's going to try to draw you off sides. And it wasn't just that Deontay Lawson was off sides. It's that three or four guys stopped playing. And it's a shot play. It's a free play for USF. Now, fortunately for Alabama, its secondary did not stop on the back end of that and was able to force an incompletion. So those are the kind of things that I'm sure when Nick Saban watches the tape, either late tonight or certainly tomorrow with his staff, that aren't going to go unnoticed. But Alabama finishes the game with 10 tackles for loss, four sacks, three pass breakups, and a quarterback hurry. So from that perspective, a defense that needed to see the ball go through the hoop in some of those areas got what it needed on Saturday. Even with the turnover, you know, Kool-Aid in that scenario there on the punt return that goes off his shin, he's trying to do everything right. It's a situation where it's such a bad punt, it ends up being great because it was an absolute shank from Stokes, the USF punter. But in coming up, in alerting his teammates on that punt return to get out of the way, to stay out of the way. You know, he came up so hard that when the ball took a forward bounce, he really didn't have time to react to it. So that results in the Crimson Tide's only turnover of the day. Again, credit the defense for responding, uh, forcing a field goal in that situation. And then also, right after the field goal, you have the great return by Terrion Arnold. And I don't even know if he needed the hold because the USF coverage unit player, 
he is coming down so hard from right to left. I think Tarion's just going to try to make the guy miss that he did make miss, and then he's out the gate. So you lose the big kickoff return. But again, when you talk about the punting of James Burnup, eight punts for a 46-yard average. He had a long of 60. He had four punts downed inside the USF 20 and probably could have had a couple more with a little better luck and maybe a little better work from his coverage guys. Will Reichert, his only attempt of the game there in the first half, a 30-yarder is true. He makes both of his extra points. But more so than probably some of the teams, a lot of the teams that we've seen under Nick Saban here in the last seven or eight years, this team is going to have to be really good on special teams because they have the ability to change games in that area. They have the ability with Burnett really taking another step, it appears as the punter, providing favorable field position scenarios for this defense, which in turn can help this offense maybe gets set up on some short fields. We understand what Will Reichard brings to the mix. So a lot of things to like still in special teams, but in its totality, an Alabama offense that still is searching. Again, maybe that fourth quarter sparks something. Maybe we see Ty Simpson take this job by the reins. Maybe we see Roydell Williams take on even more of the load to go along with Jace McClellan. He seems very comfortable in this one cut and run with conviction. Still got to clean some things up in pass protection. I think from a competitiveness standpoint, you still want to see more of that from start to finish. You don't want to see guys on third and 11 catch a six-yard hitch and run out of bounds four yards short of a first down. So effort-wise, I would say it was good enough Can it be better? I definitely believe that can be the case, but I still go back to the offense, and it still rests largely with not so much talent or picking the right pieces, but exactly who does this offense want to be? And I don't think, even with a massive offensive line, you're just going to be able to line it up and hand it to Roydell and hand it to Jace or maybe Jam Miller in there some, play in and play out. If it's going to be one of the three quarterbacks that we've seen to date, there is going to have to be a place in the run game for those guys as well because they just aren't at that point as drop-back passers where they can do it well enough down in and down out that that side of the ball can produce enough for this team to win the kind of games that it's accustomed to winning And so when we do talk also about the offensive line and the sacks that were an issue once again for the offense against South Florida, some of that too goes back to quarterbacks holding the football. Some of these protections, some of these plays are designed to get the ball out quick. And when you see that one pat and the eyes come down, it's pretty predictable what's coming next. So there's room for the quarterbacks to continue to grow in that area as well. So up next for the Alabama Crimson Tide, it is Ole Miss Lane Kiffin and the Rebels headed to Tuscaloosa next weekend. We'll have full coverage, full wrap from Alabama, South Florida here in the next day or so. And then we'll start getting you ready for Alabama and Ole Miss. Again, complete coverage right now at BamaOnline.com. Come hang out with us at the Roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. Charlie Potter, 
Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, and myself from the team perspective. And then, as always, when it comes to recruiting, site publisher Tim Watts, Andrew Bone, and Joseph Hastings got you covered there as well. Travis Ryer thanking you once again. And until next time, so long, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.